awareness, collaboration, community building, and action. What are these? These are the four pillars of posts today's guest recommends to use to post less to achieve growth. Shaivad, stay right here. Katie Brinkley's coming up next. Let's do this. Strategy Talks. We. Let's strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation. It's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Strategy Talks. Welcome to those of you who might watch us live, and special welcome to those who might catch us on the replay. And of course, as always, a special shout out to those of you who listen to Strategy Talks as a podcast. Without much further ado, I want to introduce you and bring up on stage today's guest, Katie Brinkley. Katie and I were just chatting in the green room. She is a brand new author of a wonderful book called The Social Shift. We'll hear more about that in a minute, but let me just tell you who Katie is. Katie Brinkley's less is more approach to social media marketing helps clients achieve more growth while posting less. This game-changing method leverages Katie's platform agnostic storytelling tactics tailored to each brand's goals. From implementing social media growth for AT&T and DirecTV to providing done-for-you social media and podcasting services, Katie understands social media's evolution. Katie brings 20 years of expertise and experience to the table, blending journalism and social media savvy. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. And like you said, we we had a great chat in the green room all about skiing and uh, <laughs> how much, honestly, that we have in common. So uh, I can't wait to to have you come on my show and you know get to chat with you some more. So yeah, I know that's it's, it's always fun to meet somebody that gets it. As soon as you heard I was from the Netherlands, you're like, oh, I understand the orange. It's like, <laughs> yay, you know, that's it's fun to connect with somebody. So. Let's dive into this, you know, posting less by and, and then getting growth. What are the biggest challenges or misconceptions that people have about this four post strategy that you propose? Yeah, well, and, you know, you get you understand the strategy side of how to show up on social media. And I think that that is where a lot of business owners need to realize that there is there's more than just hitting post, you know, there's so much more that goes into a post. And I think that with a lot of what this social media has become, it's no different than turning on Netflix. When we're opening up these smart little computers in our, you know, in our back pockets here, we're basically just watching TV but that's not what social media was intended for. It was intended to connect. It was intended to build community. And I got really frustrated by, well, honestly, the pandemic, because all of us, let's be real, we had nothing better to do than sit and be on our phones and Clubhouse, yeah. never-ending conference call. But we were on social media all the time. And so now that the world is opened up again, 
it's almost expected that, well, you're not seeing growth or you're not seeing leads or things happen because you're not posting enough when it really couldn't be farther from the truth. You, I don't know about you, but I, I have a business to run. I can't be, you know, posting on social media three times a day. And so how can I show up, build community, connect with the right people? And it all comes down to a strategy. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, so for anybody who might say, well, you're the only one I've heard talk about this, right? So this is advice. Everybody else tells me to post more. Somebody who's hesitant to give up their current posting frequency. And then we're going to dive into these four pillar posts that you talk about. Awareness, elaboration, community building, and action. But before we do that, this counterintuitive strategy that you propose. Any advice for somebody who's hesitant to her like, you know, Katie, you're the only one who's talked about this. You know, <laughs> why should I listen to you? So, okay. I've, like you said in my intro, I've been doing this social media thing for nearly 20 years. And it's not just because I created a Facebook page when I was 12. Um, I started with helping bands with their MySpace pages, um, getting them off of MySpace and onto the radio. And with social media, I, I was in love from MySpace. Like Tom was my first social media friend. And it really opened up the opportunities for connection beyond just our zip codes. But I feel like so many people, when they're on social media, it's the mindless scroll. But if you go in and you're just actionable for 10, at least 10 minutes a day, that's when I spend, you know, my time in, in the platforms, uh, just engaging with the people that power partners or ideal clients, when you have that strategy, magic can happen. And social media is one of the best most affordable tools out there to grow your business. I used to work, you know, for DirecTV and AT&T. I used to buy billboards and, you know, news newspaper ads. I know how much that stuff costs. And social media, it's a very cost-effective way to grow your business when you're when you have an, an intention behind the strategy that you're implementing. I love that. And I want wholeheartedly agree with you. I'm an organic specialist, so I usually don't talk a whole lot about paid, although a lot of my um, guests on this pod uh, podcast come on and talk about paid. And I do think that marrying organic with paid is a great strategy as well, but it all comes down to finding the right content. So let's yeah. dive into these four pillars. So yeah. awareness, what does an awareness posts look like? Are there any specific platforms that work better? And if you have any examples of what an awareness post would look like uh, totally. or how you would start one, I would love to know that. So let's start with that. Well, and, and I'd love to kind of hear your insights on this because you're also, so we both do organic strategy, but I would love to know, like for you and your clients, are you sitting down and saying like, okay, what platforms are you currently on? Because for me, I, I tell people most often to take a giant step back because a lot of, I, trust me, I love social media schedulers. It is so easy just to toggle a button, but all of these platforms have different ways of creating content and different ways that the algorithm wants you to create content. So 
I am a huge proponent, not of just posting less, but getting off of some of the platforms that you're currently posting on. I know that you're, you know, you and I are connected, I think on Facebook, LinkedIn, and maybe Instagram, but LinkedIn is where I see all of your, your posts. Same, same here. Same here. I see your skiing stuff on Facebook because we're connected <laughs> there with when you go out skiing, but no, I, I agree with you. I don't take on any clients unless they're willing to sit down for strategy with me. And because if they come to me and say, I need Instagram, I'm like, well, what do you need? Like, I don't know what you need. I don't know who you're targeting. So if yeah. you would like me to manage or help you with your content strategy, we need to do a social media strategy. So that's the starting point of every single client that comes to me. Once we have a strategic plan, we can say three months, six months, 12 month goals. We might start on LinkedIn and Facebook. We might do Instagram after three to six months once we have some content and see what's happening on the other platforms. But yeah, I agree with you that not being everywhere or spending or, or sending the same content everywhere with the same message in the same format doesn't really do anything. It just makes you look lazy and silly. It's white noise. Yeah. It's white noise. And that's what, unfortunately, the, and this is where I, I love that your strategy too, because there's a lot of, so anyone can, can post something on social media, you know, and Canvas made it even easier, you know, I, but like seeing just another generic happy holidays graphic or, you know, from, you know, and then just putting the logo on it, those days are gone on social media. I mean, there's over 200 million posts published to LinkedIn every day. So how are you going to stand out from the crowd? And it's not with another generic social, you know, Canva graphic. Canva's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to bash Canva. I use it all the time, but I'm just saying that yeah. it's time to up our game, people. You know, right. we have to up our game if we want to stand out from everyone else out there. And so, so, when, so, so when we go to awareness, right, yes. would it be awareness about you as a person, as a business owner, awareness about a new product, awareness about new service, awareness where you are located, awareness, what you offer, what kind of awareness maybe at a trade show is those are the kind of posts that you're talking about? Nope. So the awareness post is basically reinvigorating yourself in the algorithm with your audience and your ideal audience. So picture yourself as Forrest Gump standing on the Jenny with his giant shrimp net, throwing it overboard. And I mean, like you're in the spot where there's majority of shrimp. Like, the, you know, this is the good spot for the shrimp. You might catch a catfish. You could get like a tin can in there, but for the most part, you're getting shrimp. That's the awareness post. And all of these platforms have a different way of pushing out your awareness posts. So LinkedIn, if you, I mean, we are connected on LinkedIn. If you see me do a poll, that's my awareness post. I'm reinvigorating myself in the algorithm by making people problem aware of the theme of the week. So you say pillars with these, with these four posts, and they're all pillars of a theme. So for example, if we wanted to promote this podcast episode, you could put, we'll both post a LinkedIn poll saying, I post on social media once a week, twice a week, every day, more than once a day. That's it. You're just making people, you're asking them a question. Polls are super easy to engage with. And when people engage, it gets pushed out more and more into the algorithm. On Instagram, it could be a reel. 
on Facebook, it could be those, you know, single sentences with the different colored backgrounds. Those are the things that get pushed out in those algorithms to create awareness. So that's the very first post. And it's really just making your audience problem aware for the theme of the week. Mm, okay. Very cool. So it's not awareness about yourself. It's awareness about your theme of the week and getting the, it's not the awareness of the client. It's awareness of the algorithm. Exactly. Ah, I get it. This is so cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. So, so then you have made the algorithm aware you're here. I'm alive. I'm doing a poll. I'm doing a reel. Then we go elaborate. What does that mean? Is that the second day or the third day? That is I the guess, second, second day. day. Yeah. So that's the second day. And for LinkedIn, it could be a LinkedIn article. Uh, Facebook, you could go live. Instagram would be a carousel post. This is where you get to showcase yourself as the thought leader. So on LinkedIn, you already ask people how often they're posting to LinkedIn, uh, you know, once a day, twice a day. You could then do an article saying, uh, according to a recent LinkedIn poll, it shows that 56% of my audience is posting to LinkedIn only once a week. What does that mean? And you can then say like, well, these are my tips to creating a strategy so that you can post more often or whatever. You can just elaborate on it 500 words or less as a LinkedIn article or LinkedIn newsletter. This is where you have the opportunity to elaborate on the problem that you made your audience aware of. Okay. All right. Next is community, community. building. This is my yeah. favorite. Um because this allows you to really show you in your in social media because really let's be honest that's what's going to you want people to fall in love with you on social media. You want them to be your biggest fans, your brand advocates like here here is Katie skiing again. Man, she does she live at the ski resort? Goodness gracious, whatever it is. And so it's really important for you to understand who it is that you're talking to on each of these platforms. So for me, I know that I have a lot of founders uh, that follow me, founders and C-suite um, people. So, you know, looking at your metrics to see who your followers are. On Instagram, I know that it's 72% females, ages 35 to 44. So I know that if I still want to talk about how often to post, you know, remember, that's the theme of the week how often to post on social media. On Instagram, maybe I pick a picture of me and my daughter at a, uh, on the ski resort, at, you know, on the ski hill. And I say, um, how I'm able to still post four times a week and spend quality time with my family. You know, and then I can tell a story about how I've kept feeling like I wasn't seeing the results and getting the followers that so many other people were getting on social media. And so I was trying to post more and I was losing my mind. And all I really wanted when I started this business was to spend more time with my family. And that's why I developed the four post strategy. So I could spend more time hitting the slopes with my daughters, blah, 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 blah. I've, I've still talked about the problem of feeling like I need to post so much. And I said, hey, what I want to do is be with my daughter. People now feel a connection to me. I'm still talking about the theme of the week, but that they're they're feeling that community building. And then from, let's say, LinkedIn, I just positioned the message a little bit different. As a business owner, I know how difficult it can be seeing that you have to post more and you have to do live videos and 30 days of reels trends and all these things. And really, who has time for that as we're growing our business? 
So Who actually still, tells us to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that's is where again you're you're identifying with your target audience on these platforms. And maybe I pick a picture of me sipping coffee, you know, whatever for for LinkedIn. This is your opportunity to bring the you into your sto- the story for the theme of the week. So how did you overcome something? How did a client, this is great for user-generated co- content, you know, a, a client success story. You know, when Katie came to me, she was posting, you know, a reel a day and was super frustrated because it took her four hours to do a reel. And then we decided reels aren't where your audience likes, you know, whatever. And so mm-hmm. that way you can connect with your target audience. Okay. I also love that you're showing us examples of using, say, a picture. The picture might be different on, say, Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, The message might be slightly different, but the end game is to build community. So keeping that strategic move in mind is is important and knowing what works like you 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 mentioned reels on instagram you know maybe a carousel on or instagram or you know like knowing and understanding where the algorithm picks up what's yes. trending right now on each platform which by the way if you're not aware changes <laughs> pretty often yep. right yep. um news newsletters right now on, on linkedin are doing well articles and newsletters are doing well not as well as they did like a year ago two years yeah. ago when they first were pushed out and so um understanding that um the essence of the message is not going to change but how you bring the message um that's yes. what you're teaching Yes. And and this is one thing too, like you, you get this, not everyone consumes content the same way. Right. Not, you know, and we're trying to check all the boxes for the way that these platforms want you to create content, but still creating it for like, so for me, I don't watch a ton of short form videos because I got two little girls and you have to have the, the sound on when you're watching short form video. And if I'm on looking at this stuff, then they hear a sound and they're instantly over my shoulder. Like, what are you looking at, mom? What are you doing? Can I see? It's like, oh, God, no. Scroll. But give me a good old-fashioned carousel post on Instagram and I'm all in swiping away. So you have to understand that, one, people consume content differently. And these platforms want you to create content a variety of ways. Right. Um, this brings up a side yeah. topic, um, but it kind of goes with this. So understanding and taking that deep dive into your ideal client, and you were just saying Instagram 3544, that also means understanding their habits. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to throw this example at you, and I know that what you probably already know, but when my kids were younger and I lived in South Carolina, there were very distinct times that I, myself, and my fellow moms were on social. The schools start early, so the, the drop-off line was around 7, which meant that I might post for soccer, um, a soccer um, organization that I was the social media manager for at 6 a.m., knowing that that's when the mom would sit at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee before they woke up their kids. Or in the afternoon, they would line up at the school as early as 2 for 2.30 pickup. So they also be sitting in their car scrolling. And then the same, knowing the soccer moms, the soccer, the rec soccer was from four to 5.30. So again, I would post when I knew that be sitting on the sideline on their phone because I was watching them because I was one of the moms and I would post when I knew they were on. So 
Is that still relevant? I do hear some different rumblings of people saying, well, timing doesn't really matter because if you say 11 o'clock is a good time, people in Europe, it's not 11 there. But it does all kind of fit together, right? Understanding yeah. the habits of your ideal clients. Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, with what you're saying about when you're doing these posts, it, it all comes down to this is when I think the majority of my audience lives in Denver. They're this age that, you know, I'm going to post for the majority of my audience, but you're right. There are people that follow me. My second largest audience is New York, then followed by Sacramento. And so I'm like, how can I pick a time? Because like, if it's doing 6am, then that they're already at the office or whatever. So you have to do it for the, your main audience. But secondly, when when you feel that it's 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 going to have the most bang for your buck and and i think that you know for me i spend i'm that person in the carpool pickup lane that's scrolling on it that's when i do my engagement time is when i'm in the 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 carpool yeah. pickup lane so yeah. and and it always says that's the like the highest competition time the 3 p.m time and i'm like well sorry this is this is when I have the time. So, <laughs> right, right. And it depends on where you live. But yeah, understanding that part and uh, understanding your audience, I think, is is very important, too. So it's not just, you know, what you post and how you engage, but definitely the algorithm and mm -hmm. um, when people are online. But again, if your post is awesome, people pick it up and share it and yeah. it can have long legs and it can live quite a bit of time. So um, don't be afraid. Yeah, not post because it's the wrong time. Exactly. And I think that it's it's crazy to me because even though I'm looking at my metrics of like women ages 35 to 44, I, I wake up in the morning, like I'll do something when I think will be the perfect time. And I swear my audience, I'm learning that they're nighttime scrollers because mm. if I post even later at night, like there, I think that my audience for the most part is scrolling in bed because that's when I start getting a bunch of engagement. So Look to see when people start liking your posts, when they start engaging, and then, just, okay, well, maybe I should just post this at eight o'clock because that seems to be when they're online anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I have a huge audience in Europe because that's where I'm from. So yeah. I have a lot of people in the UK and the Netherlands and Germany. And so I do know that when I wake up in the morning, I have engagement because I might, sometimes I post something early with the schedule at like five or 6 a.m. because I know they're up and I know yeah. they're gonna talk to me and I'm I'll, I, I'm an early riser. Mm -hmm. So if I'm having my coffee at 5.30, um, I can then engage with them. So yeah. yeah, knowing and understanding that. So let's go to the last one. So this is kind of an important one. So you've done, you know, awareness posts on day one, an elaboration post, a community building post. And then on day four is that, the actual fourth day or do you skip a day or does it matter? So it, it all depends on when, you know, what your metrics are. So be, make sure that you're looking at your insights as to when your audience is on, what your best posting days are. Um, so, I mean, for me, my audience isn't really online on the weekends. Um, and so I get weekends off. So, I mean, like I post Monday through Monday through Thursday, uh, but you'll need to understand what, what your audience sure. best likes. And so I think sure. that if you want, if, as I laid out these first three posts, not one of them did I say, hey, by the way, there's a podcast episode where we answer all these questions. Not once did I tell people that there's like even more goodness to what I've made people problem aware of. 
I just said that ask them right now, how much are they posting? And I, these are thing tips that I do to uh, create a consistent posting schedule. And then I said, hey, this is how I've implemented it. And now I get more time with my daughter. Not once did I ask people to leave social media. And I understand that people might say like, well, wait a second. I do want to make sales. Like, aren't we talking lead gen here? And we are. But now we're getting a community of buyers, people that didn't even know that they wanted to listen to this episode, you know, because they they didn't realize that there was a problem with how often they were posting. They had no idea. And so, and, and I don't know about you, but and I, I love everyone here and that's live with us. And I hope they're dropping the thumbs up, some OGs for this. I think that I've never gone to LinkedIn to listen to a podcast ever. Mm -hmm. I've I've gone to Spotify or Apple podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've never gone to a social media app to listen to a podcast. I've never opened up Facebook and said, gosh, I can't wait to see what impulse buy I'm going to do from the feed. You know, none of that. I've gone there to, to kill time. But if you've made people problem aware, you've educated them on how you have the answer, you said how you overcame this, and then say, hey, by the way, if you really want to learn how to post less, you have to listen to this week's podcast with Katie mm -hmm. because she breaks down her four post strategy. Now Ooh. you have people that are ready to buy, ready to take action, ready to click that link. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think this is an interesting thing that you just brought up about um, never asking people to leave the platform. Um, there's a lot of misconception about should you leave a link? Should you not leave a link? What call to action? Um, and, you know, it, it, if you ask, if you were to ask me that question, I would say it really depends on the client, right? If yeah. they're heavy product, if they have a big sales team, if they have quotas, if you know, you're directed, if their goal is to drive traffic to a website so they can retarget and get you on the email list and all that, yeah. then maybe that's a different kind of strategy. But totally. if your strategy is to connect with people and build community, and yes, you're looking for leads, then this is a fantastic way to do it. Um, so what do you, you tell them to go listen to the podcast? Do you have other things that you can, might tell them to do? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll do the, I like to ask people to comment if they want, if they want the info, um, because like with podcasting, um, you know, if I'm selling my book, if I'm doing like a, you know, opt into my email list type thing, I don't, it's really kind of, it's really hard to see who's taking action from the post. Whereas if we say, Hey, drop podcast in the chat and I'll send you a link. Now I can say, Oh, Joe asked for the link. He's given me public a public space to say, you can slide into my DMs. And I think it is okay. So now by him commenting, I can then send him the link in the DMs. And I'm sure that many of your ads people have said, you know, you can target people who you've had DM conversations with, with your ads. It's really just having that two-way conversation with your biggest fans. And with podcasts, it's hard because we're, uh, we're talking to each other, but anyone listening, they might have a question. If I know that Joe listened to the episode and I'd give him the link and then I follow up and say, yeah, so what was your biggest takeaway? I can then talk to him and hear what he thought on it. Or he could say, yeah, Katie Brinkley, she's full of hoo-ha. I don't, I don't know <laughs> about that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love, I love this. And, uh, I was, I'm, 
I was, I had a misconception of what your strategy was. So I love your explanation. Um, I think it could work not for everybody, but I think no, for a lot of people it's not for everyone and not for everybody. Um, I love that. I have a question for you before we talk about your book. If there are changes in either platform usage, like now threads is there or mm-hmm. new, you know, say Instagram stops allowing reels and all of a sudden, you know, has different features or LinkedIn, you know, shifts our focus and now is short form video. How would that, or would any of those shifts affect how you implement a strategy? Are you need, are you telling people they need to be aware? Is that something that you're aware of? Have you seen anything happen in the last few years that made you shift anything? Yeah, I think that with with all of this, I mean, and and you get it because you're you're organic strategy too. But I mean, these platforms they want you if, as they launch new ways of creating content, they want you to to use it, and so you you have to be like. We didn't even talk about Instagram stories. You know, 80% of people visit Instagram stories before they even visit the feed. So, I mean, like, we didn't even talk about how important that is. We didn't even talk about threads and how, like, that you probably should be posting to threads if you have an Instagram strategy. So, I mean, there's a lot of, it's really important to just be paying attention to these platforms and seeing what works. Because if you're like, well, Katie, you said a, a LinkedIn poll and I'm not really getting any reach, but my newsletter I'm just knocking it out of the park. Okay, well, great. You can still use that that same strategy, but just optimizing your plat, you know, how you're presenting the information. The features, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I talk about posting four times a week. You know, you can do it every day. You can use this strategy. You know, it it it's up to you. It, it, yeah. What, what your ability or you know capacity that, is. That makes sense. Okay, so as we wrap it up, I'm going yes. to put a link for those of you who are watching. Um, not who are listening for those of you who are watching katiebrinkley.com forward slash book. That's where you can find the social shift. Katie, what's the book about? So it's about posting less and going into your social media with intention about building a community around your brand so that you have your biggest fans on social media that are ready to buy from you. They're ready to tell your their friends about you and they want to have you come on their podcast. They they want to connect with you further. It, social media was designed to connect us and we've really gotten away from that true intention. And with the next iteration of the internet, when Web3, that decentralized world comes, how are we going to be prepared to still grow our business using these platforms? And I think that when you you know the intention behind every single post, you're going to be set up for success. That's awesome. How and where should people connect with you best? Where do you hang out the most? Uh, LinkedIn is where you can connect with me. Uh, you can find me at Katie Brinkley. That's that's the best social platform. But um, Facebook and Instagram, I'm also there. But yeah, let's connect on LinkedIn. And yeah. We're all here anyway, so. That's awesome. Well, thank you for everybody who was here live, who watched a replay, and especially a podcast listener. So whatever platform you're on, Katie, I appreciate your wisdom today. And I can't wait to be on your podcast soon. And uh, for those of you, I'll be back next week. Uh, For those of you who listen to us every week or watch us, we'll be back next week with another episode of Strategy Talks. Bye, everybody. 